The COVID-19 vaccine offers incredible hope and optimism for our nation. However, the mere availability of the vaccine will not ensure every American will get the shot. Getting people vaccinated against the virus will require personalized and consistent outreach. During this episode, April Gill, Chief Strategy Officer at WellTalk, joins us to discuss her company's recent COVID-19 vaccine consumer report and why WellTalk is uniquely positioned to help our communities receive their shot. While together, April discusses the key findings in the report, which includes who consumers think will get vaccinated, the best ways to get consumers' attention and drive action, as well as the most significant barriers to people getting vaccinated. Join us as we discuss this critical topic as we continue to work together to move the health of our nation forward. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, April. Welcome to our podcast. It's an honor to have you on the show today. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm eager to discuss all things COVID-19 vaccines with you, given WellTalk's newly published report that analyzed consumer attitudes about them, including immunization intent, hesitancy, compliance, and more. But before we roll up our sleeves and dive in at the bit of housekeeping, while listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, April, we have a lot to discuss today. That newly released report from WellTalk and all the things you guys are doing there. We're going to dive into that more deeply in a moment. But before we go there, coach our audience up. What's WellTalk up to? Give us that elevator pitch. What is WellTalk? Sure. WellTalk is a consumer activation company, and we're focused on driving people to take actions that improve their health. That really covers anything from closing a care gap to choosing your insurance every year. It could be taking a walk. It could be tracking your food or water intake. There are any number of things that we do as the average person on an annual basis that impact our health and help us manage through specific conditions that we may have. And WellTalk is really firmly focused on supporting all healthcare stakeholders, employers, health plans, and health systems with supporting this objective. And the idea here is that not only are we helping our customers manage trend, but we're also supporting a streamlined consumer experience. Again, whether it's a member, a patient, or an employee, doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Everyone has a set of things that they need to do every year to manage their health, and we're here to support that. I love that we're finally saying that the patient is the consumer, right? It's been a long time coming. We're starting to resonate. People are starting to get it. What is it like? So you've been at WellTalk now for just over six years, now the chief strategy officer there. What's happening there? How has the journey been with WellTalk through this time? And again, I know the pandemic we're going to talk about in just a moment. The pandemic has really compressed a lot of cycle times, you know, what we we're anticipating in 10 years for telehealth has now been compressed in what, 12 months. But how has the journey been pre-pandemic and now? And then, of course, moving forward, what has it been like with you helping lead the WellTalk mission and journey? 
I am personally passionate about leveraging technology to improve access to care and provide services to individuals who may not otherwise have the ability to access them. So just to give you a quick personal anecdote, my mother-in-law moved here to New Hampshire with us several years ago from Virginia. She had never left the state of Virginia. She is a Medicare Advantage recipient. When she moved, she had to change doctors. She had to change pharmacies. She had to change her healthcare coverage. And without us as caregivers to support her, she would have been in a very difficult situation. And I think my mission personally, and certainly at WellTalk, we're looking to support individuals like her to ensure that she understands what resources and tools are available to her through all of the stakeholders that are part of her care, whether it's her health plan, her providers. Obviously, now an employer isn't in the mix, but certainly if she was still employed, that would be part of the equation. And the idea is really to ensure that we're providing a dynamic experience so that as she changes and moves through the various phases of her life, the tools and resources that are presented to her change as well. And we do that through the use of a combination of data and analytics, as well as multi-channel outreach and a web and mobile experience. And when you ask me pre and post COVID, I think that's the part that's really important because we saw COVID accelerate the use of digital health type solutions for condition management, for telemedicine, all of these types of things. And WellTalk is really uniquely positioned with our platform in order to serve those kinds of things up to the individuals who not only need them the most right now because they carry a specific risk, but also those who are most receptive to those programs or resources and those who are most likely to be impacted. Yeah, it's powerful. It is amazing what has happened over these past 14, 15 months with the pandemic. While it has been devastating on so many levels, what I personally am excited about and, and being in digital health for so many years is the opportunity for these phoenixes to rise out of the ashes to really push our industry forward. You just mentioned, I firmly believe, well talk, you guys are in a great position. Headquarters here in Denver, right down the street from where we're recording this podcast today with you virtually. Wonderful company has been part of the Denver community for years. But to see this opportunity for digital health, health technology, and these experiences to better serve consumers, just like your mother. Powerful, powerful opportunity. Thank you for sharing that, April. And I'm looking forward to discussing the newly published report of analyzing consumer attitudes about the COVID-19 vaccine and immunization, the intent, the hesitancy and compliance and more after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus, or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link.
All right, we are back with April Gill, Chief Strategy Officer at WellTalk. We have much to discuss. April, thanks again for joining up today. I know how busy it is for everybody, but you guys have a recently released report discussing immunization intent, hesitancy, compliance, and more. What's the reason why you guys did this? What spurred it? And then, of course, talk about what were the outcomes? What did you guys find? And why is this important for us to be really thinking through vaccine hesitancy from the perspective of what you guys learned in the report? Yeah, thank you. We are already interacting with tens of millions of consumers every day. And as we look to support the employers, the health plans and the health systems that are effectively our customers and sponsor the types of digital health programming that we can offer, it was a very natural fit for us. We already use a combination of consumer data, customer data and advanced analytics to identify individuals who have specific risks or needs. And understanding consumer attitudes about COVID was a natural extension of the work that we already do. It was also born out of seeing how our customers were struggling with quickly adjusting to needing to communicate both for educational purposes, but also just for safety reasons to their constituents, not just the messaging about COVID-19 and what people should expect as they're accessing care, but also the way in which they're communicating. We saw a big shift from, in some cases, traditional digital messaging to direct mail, which was a complete reversal of what we had seen in terms of channel communications prior to that. And because we have advanced technology, we were able to very quickly shift and start communicating about telehealth options and other virtual health options as opposed to having people go into the offices. The other thing that was really important for us is we always want to be thought leaders and providing information out to the market about how people are feeling about the vaccinations. And I think the study that we conducted isn't really that different than what some other organizations have also found in terms of how populations think about the vaccinations. There is about a third of the folks that are saying, I'm not really sure about this or I'm just not going to do it. And the real issue here, I think, and this isn't necessarily something that came out of the survey, but it's certainly something I'm observing in the market, is that we really politicize this issue. In some ways, the vaccination, it's obviously a choice, but is it really? For public health reasons, we really need to think through how we react to vaccination availability. And as you look at various populations, it's those like low-income individuals, people who are of a socioeconomic status that's disadvantaged, people with limited access to care, Black Americans who may have distrust of the medical system in general because of our checkered history around how we've treated them. So there's a lot of complexity to how people think about getting vaccinated and whether they really trust that a vaccination is for the betterment of their health versus what many conspiracy theorists might say a vaccination is really for. Well, thanks for setting the stage, April. And so let's dive in a little bit more. What were some of the findings, maybe some of the statistics that you guys were able to glean from the study? What were some of those findings? Yes. Interestingly, we found that young people are more hesitant to getting the vaccination, not necessarily because they have concerns about its effectiveness, but because their attitude is essentially, you know, if I'm exposed, I'll be better covered than if I actually get the vaccine. Because I'm young, I'm less likely to be hospitalized or potentially die. When you're young, you're invincible. You have this idea that you can survive anything. 
it's interesting because you see on the news all the time, young people coming on and saying, I really didn't believe that this was something that could happen to me. And I've been hospitalized for eight weeks or whatever the case might be. That's definitely a concern. And one of the things that we've done and can do in order to address that is to use a because messaging, understanding that young people may not be thinking about their families, the people around them, understanding what some of their motivations might be can really help change messaging to ensure that they understand you're protecting your grandmother, you're protecting your parents, you're protecting your friends, you're allowing yourself to get back to life like it used to be, going to concerts, attending crowded events, whatever the case might be, those motivations matter. And the same thing applies to groups like Black Americans, which I mentioned earlier, who also came up in the study is likely to be hesitant. And again, that's because of a distrust of the system. It's also related to education, not just with Black Americans, but with folks who just have low levels of education in general. Having messaging that speaks to a specific reading level that allows people to understand the advantages of being vaccinated, again, based on the things that are motivating for them, is what we've found to be really critical for success in encouraging people to go and get vaccinated. One of the findings in the study was that 71% of Americans are concerned about the vaccine and its side effects. April, side effects is a big word. It's a big term. Like, What does that mean in regards to the vaccine? Do people even understand? Or are they just throwing that out there? Did you guys see an opportunity of what do they mean by actual side effects? Like, What does that mean? Generally speaking, side effects is a big word. I think to your point, The reality of side effects as it relates to this vaccine is that they're really no more complex than what you see when you get a flu shot or really any other vaccination, right? Swelling, redness at the vaccination site, potential for a low-grade fever, soreness, those kinds of things. And when people think about side effects, they're actually thinking of things that are much bigger, like I may have an irreversible condition as a result of having the vaccine. It may cause me to have autism. There's all of this thinking around what a side effect associated with a vaccination could mean. It's really important, again, as we communicate, to be clear about what the potential side effects are and to be both transparent, but also demonstrate that what we're talking about isn't really risk of death. We're actually talking about, except for a very tiny, tiny percentage, we're really talking about very minor side effects, having a headache for a day. I had my vaccination and my second shot was a little bit of a doozy for me. I didn't feel very good for a day, but now I'm fully protected and I can actually move about the country, which is way better for me and my mental health and the rest of my family than not getting the vaccine, potentially getting COVID. And because I have asthma, I am at risk of death. Those are all things that I think people have to take into consideration. And also, did you guys find anything in regards to what the power of community means to this, right? What do I mean by that? So here we are, locked down in the pandemic. We have really lost a bit of that connectedness. Think of church group, think of bowling group, think of softball league, that connection point to community and how powerful that is. When you start thinking about bringing some of these crazy conspiracy theories about the vaccine to your church group or your softball league, your team members, your community are going to call that out. And we lost a little bit of that, actually a lot of it, now that we're in our own silos, our own vacuums. We got disconnected from the community because we had a lockdown. Did you see anything there and how important it is, the power of community and being connected to others to really demystify the opportunity around this vaccine? 
Yeah, that's one of the things that I think is so interesting about this pandemic as an opportunity. It's definitely created an opportunity, and I think it's helped those who were more siloed as it relates to technology. They kind of had to come out of the shell and learn how to use different things. And I personally have seen, and certainly we've seen as a business, the emergence of more church groups, more senior groups, more groups of folks that historically were a bit slow to adopt either social platforms or technology like what we're using right now that allows us to see each other and talk to each other, create their own groups. If you think about it, we actually had, unfortunately, people die and there were funerals that were done virtually. The power of community can't be understated. I do think, and we certainly saw that that disconnect contributes to the ability to actually convey messages that are pro-vaccine or at least educational related to vaccinations. But as I said, when we started, because this is a bit of a politicized issue, the people that you surround yourself with and the way that they think, I'm sure we've all heard of the concept of groupthink. And people who are around you that think a certain way, you're going to either adopt or you're going to find a different group. If you're surrounded by folks who are buying into conspiracy theories, you're essentially now in that world and therefore less likely to actually go and get the vaccine. What's really important to provide folks who have community-based groups that may actually be at risk for vaccine hesitancy, other outlets through which they can get information so that they understand what the real advantages of getting the vaccine are. Well, thank you for that, April. And of course, you are also personally passionate about ensuring that providers, health plans, and employers are armed with the right tools to develop effective vaccine communication plans to encourage patients and members and employees to get the vaccine. What has it been like? What is your own personal experience? Maybe you might have some anecdotal stories that are you know, powerful that demonstrate that. What has it been like, given that that is your own personal passion? Yeah, it's a great question. At WellTalk, we have some pretty unique capabilities, specifically around data and advanced analytics. WellTalk has actually, over the last 10 years or so, invested in and curated a consumer data set of over 275 million individuals across the country with thousands of data points on those individuals across 40 different sources of data. In addition to that, we have information on over 2 billion interactions. And an interaction could be anything from an email or a phone call to, did I actually get my flu shot? And the reason that that's important is because when we track actions to completion, we understand what drives behavior and who's actually likely to do a specific behavior. The thing about COVID and the interesting thing about COVID is that most of the vaccine options were two-dose. And many of us don't have to get a two-dose vaccine from childhood. We start there, and that's kind of the end of it. Any other vaccines that we receive, for the most part, are single dose. Heading into this, we actually were able to do an analysis of the population for our customers to determine who was likely to be vaccine-hesitant based on data that we had on vaccine behavior from the past, based on all that interaction data that I just discussed, And we also offer rewards for closing care gaps like getting your flu shot. And there's no reason that getting your COVID vaccine can't fit into that bucket at some point in the future. For us, you know, talking to our customers, looking forward and providing them with advanced information and strategies for how to communicate, how to ensure people are actually understanding what they need to do to keep themselves safe, but then also access vaccination sites. 
was paramount. And we've had customers actually say, I was thinking about this. I was worried about it. And WellTalk already had it figured out. That is really cool. Well, thanks for sharing that as well, April. In regards to, you know, at the time of this recording, I think we just crested 50% of the adult population in the United States being vaccinated. Are we rounding the bend? Are we getting there? They talk about herd immunity, 72 plus percent. How are we doing right now? Are we achieving what we need to? Obviously, we still have a bit to go, but how are we doing? What's the grade that you would assign the United States at this time? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely getting there. I think that it's encouraging to see us get to that 50% mark and taken with the statistics on individuals who've had COVID and therefore have some immunity. That gives me a lot of confidence that we're approaching that herd immunity figure. Having said that, we may get to sort of a post-pandemic way of life, but my prediction is that we're never actually getting away from COVID. This virus operates very much like the flu. So when you get the flu shot every year, that evolves, right? So the vaccination actually will need to evolve. And I envision that this is something that we'll need to do on an annual basis to keep ourselves safe from evolutions of this virus going forward. And we've already seen it. We've already seen new strains of the virus come out. And I think that that's evidence that we have to stay on our toes and be diligent. One of the nice things, though, I'm seeing, and while it would have been nice to have this a little bit cleaner in advance, is some of the CDC's recommendations around outdoor activities, mask wearing at outdoor activities being loosened based on actual data. I think that it's perfectly appropriate to be conservative when you don't really know all the facts and figures. But now that we have more information, loosening the reins a little bit so that people can start to regain some of their mental health resilience and return to somewhat of a normal life, I think is a really good thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and it's a great way to look at it because, you know, that is the, what I've noticed over this past year or so in doing this podcast with leaders just like you, especially right when we were in the height of the pandemic is the epidemic within it. And that is our mental health and behavioral health as a nation. It has been profound in regards to that experience. It's just been devastating on so many levels. And I'm sure you guys have seen that as well. We have. And in fact, I've actually been so encouraged. One of my sort of other little passions is mental health. And I was encouraged roughly five years ago or so to see more digital health options or telehealth options related to mental health come on the scene. I think it's a perfect delivery mechanism especially given that our world still considers a lot of these issues to be taboo. People don't want to talk about it. They don't want to make it public. And it's now very public. It's not just about us either, right? Us as adults, we have kids that are experiencing behavioral health issues because they have no ability to socialize. It's completely stifled the growth of our young people. And we now have options that have completely skyrocketed, which I think is wonderful for some of those young people to actually access these kinds of services, either online or, you know, like we're doing now through a video conference. I think it's been a complete godsend for parents who are struggling with kids, myself included. I mean, my son is a senior in high school. This has been a very difficult time for him. And having the ability to access behavioral health services just to have someone to listen to what he's going through has been incredibly important. Well, now, careful, April, you just hit on one of my passionate projects as well. I love the notion of of demystifying mental health and well-being. I want us as a society to get there one day where, you know, you're talking about going to the gym and having a good arm workout. And I told you, hey, last night we had a great therapy session for our family or something like that. That to me, 
I can't wait till we get there one day and really keep pushing as leaders in this industry to demystify this, celebrate it. You might've just signed yourself up for a second episode if that's one of your personal passions. Let's do it. I am super big on this. I think everyone can benefit from therapy. We all have challenges that we face in our lives as we go through the various stages of life, whether it's the stress of purchasing a home, job changes, divorce, whatever. We all absolutely need somebody to help guide us. We're not just born with that knowledge. I think everyone can benefit from it. Absolutely. Well, again, stay tuned because I might be emailing you back for another episode, really focusing in on mental and behavioral health because it is a hot topic for me, one that I love to celebrate and continue to demystify here on the podcast. Thank you for sharing all of that, April. And let's start now focusing in. Where can we get a hold of you? Where can we learn more online about not only your work personally, but then of course, well talk, maybe some websites, social media handles or otherwise, where can we find you? Sure. You can find more information about WellTalk at www.welltalk.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look me up, April Gill at WellTalk. You'll find my profile. Certainly feel free to hit me up. I'd love to connect with folks. Absolutely. And for our community listening in, just scroll down to the episode notes to find those contact points to click on through. You can also head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. We'll have an entire post for this episode there where you can also leave some comments, feedback, and suggestions for April and the Well Talk team, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, April, thank you so much for taking a pit stop today on our podcast, sharing everything that you guys have been learning and discovering through this pandemic, especially as we start thinking about beyond it as well. Thank you for your dedication and your passion to continue to push our industry forward as we continue to work together to move the health of our nation forward. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.